many today who have already fallen away from the Word of God, and who are instead following after men and new movements, experiences, and new revelations, are deceived. Some already have and many more will join them in compromising the faith. If you listen to them carefully you will hear the voice of the accuser or the brethren. Though they can be very religious, refined and educated, and serving the Lord, though their speech is peppered with Bible quotes and they recite many scriptural truths, the motivation of their heart is more for accusation than intercession. The battle lines are drawn, we cannot ignore this war any longer. We have lost too much ground and too many souls to this army, now we must fight for complete victory. The Biblical Editorial Review Series, The War Within the Body of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. I'm your host, Cooper Rose, and I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful radio experience. Thank you so much for the support that you was given to me, that y'all given to me for the past few weeks on these different topics that we've been talking about with the war within the body of Christ. And I really, really, really want to thank you because uh, I didn't do one for last week because of the things that was going on with, the, you know, radio, everything else. And, you know, it was the Memorial Day weekend. So I kind of wanted to take a chill pill for the week. So I did. However, after says that, it was a lot of other things was going on that need to be addressed. And we won't talk about those in a few minutes. But let me get into the the bunk of my appreciation to you. Last week broadcast on the the feminist apostate worldview. Let me take that back. It wasn't last week. It was week uh, before. Was number one on a lot of our charts and also other charts that we have, which that tells me is a lot going on the body of Christ that people want to hear about. Now I did have some people did I mean literally said some nasty stuff about what I did talk about about the feminist no apostates. Now a lot of people want to know what did you say it? Well if you can you could go to anchor dot fm forward slash um the b e b e r dash t f no something i can't i i put it on the link on facebook and twitter and also no you could go there but if you go to our website you can click on click on you click on that that link it will show you where to go and listen but I did say some things, and a lot of people was very angry with me, especially female pastors. And the main reason why they was mad, because it did hit some nerves. And let me address a couple of those things. One of them, they was mad because they said that I was being orthodoxy out of the context of the Bible. That's not true. If you go to Tyus... And I'm going to read this in ties here just to just to verb because I did talk about this in, um, you know, beforehand. And a lot of people misquote Tyus, right, in, in the Bible. And one of the things they really, really uh, get so angry about is that they literally trying to change the Bible. 
I mean, they really are trying to change the Bible. But in, in the book of Titus, it really comes to grips on the fact that God was not joking. I'm going to read this in a different, no, I read in the NIV. I'm going to read this in the um, King James Version because a lot of people are really trying to change the book of uh, the, the, the Bible. I mean, it, I mean, it is really, 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 really profound. And this is really, uh, um, really, really, really profound in there because here it is that really sums everything out. And we'll go to Titus, we'll go to Timothy because a lot of it has to do what was said. And here it is Titus chapter two. This is in King James Version here. And what Paul was talking to Titus about what it looks like in a church. And we're gonna go, we're gonna jump into chapter one and we're gonna go to the part where he made this well known because a lot of the things are very, 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 very profound. Because you need to understand what 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 uh, Paul was saying here. We're going to start with Titus chapter 1 here in the King James Version. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the not, uh, acknowledging the truth which is after godliness. I hope of eternal life which God that cannot, that cannot lie promised before the world began. But have due times manifest his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause love I thee in Crete that thou should set in order the things that are one and obtain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, let me stop right here, the husband, that means elders, and if you want to look at terms of that, means what? Also pastors, and we will talk about bishops too. All of this here has a whole lot to do with the fact that it's supposed to be a man in that leadership role, not a woman. Okay? So a lot of people who want to be an elder, like a woman, uh, a, a lay elder, a woman elder, or a woman pastor, whatever, you are not called to pastor a church. You're not called to, to lead men. Because we'll talk about that in Timothy in a few minutes. But this is need to be cleared up so you can read the scriptures yourself. This is in Titus chapter 1 verse 6 that Paul is talking. The scriptures don't change. Ver, different versions of it. That's why I call translations change. But not the Bible. 
and says, husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right and unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, nor not so anger, not given to wine, no striker, no given to filthy literacy, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. Hold fast in the faith, faithful word as he had been taught that he may be able to, able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. You see, this here, Paul is, is, is addressing this to Tyus of what it looks like to do church. If you don't believe me, let's go into another translation. Let's go to the English, uh, uh, the English, the standard version. Now, here he is. And he put this into context here. It says qualifications for elders. Okay. I'm going to go to straight to the cuff here. Verse 5 of Titus chapter 1 in the ESV. It says, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remains into order and appoint elders in every town as I direct you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife is still stressed that, okay? And his children are believers and not open to the charge of the the uh, debauchery or insubordination for an overseer as God's steward, which is a bishop, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick temper or a drunkard or violent or greed for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-control, unright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instructions in some and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Now, that's the Bible. And if you try to change it, you are taking the words out of content here. Now, let's go to Timothy here, because, see, Timothy even put it out here as well. And Paul put it out there for Timothy to uh, uh, some uh, put, it, put it in. We're going to go to 1 Timothy. Now, I'm going to put this in here, and get, it's not a side note. This is what it says here, okay? And Paul was very, very, very clear about it, okay? He was very, very clear. And this is the stuff that we was talking about last week. I mean, not last week, but the week before about this. Now, I'm going to read this here. This will talk about warnings against false teachers. Okay? And we're going to give you the, the whole thing of why Paul making this well known. It says, warning against false teachers. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. As I urge you, 
when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, okay? Nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from the pure heart and the good conscience of and the sincere faith. Certain persons by spewing from them has wandered away into vain discussion. Desire to teach to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Okay, I'm putting this out here for you to understand here. Understand this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and the sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers for murderers, the sexual immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contradict the sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God who which I have been entrusted. Now, why I put this in here? Well, t- this is why Paul made this very, very, very clear of why he wants us to understand you got to line scripture with scripture which that goes to first Timothy chapter three and this is why it's very 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 important that you can't change god you can't change scripture that means that women who are pastors that even the people who are any leadership role in the pastoral level, like a sister pastor, associate pastor, or the pastor of this ministry, the uh, deacon of this ministry, things like that is not biblical. And here he is here, First Timothy chapter 3. And this is what it says here. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, you see, he's saying he, not she, he. Now they won't. Now people has been saying that you take this out of content. You need to have gender neutral stuff. We're gonna talk about all that in a minute. That's not even biblical sound with facts. But this is what's going on here. Therefore, a officer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife. If you are a wife you are not called to be a pastor if you are a woman who is single right unless you're a widow right even for a widow you're not called to be a pastor or a preacher or anything that has to do with leading men Paul made that clear very very clear about that and this is why it's so, so, so profound here. And I'm going to read a little bit more here. 
sober mind, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Not a drunken, not valid, but gentle. Not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own house well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone do does not know how to manage his own house, how will he care for God's uh, church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought by his outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. You see, why would Paul put that out there. He put it out there because he's trying to teach us something that this is what God wants. And he was under the Holy Spirit. Okay? And if you want to know, here he is in 1 Timothy chapter 5. The role for the woman here. In this. And here he is. Now, and this is really, really powerful because a lot of times we get side note here. Okay? We get all crazy and side note. And this is really, 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 really powerful because you have so many people who really come in here and think that God has called them to do these things. And he didn't. If he did, then the Bible contradicts itself. And I know God don't contradict itself. We try to contradict God. You see, we do. But look at this here. And this is something that's really, really, really powerful. And this is why you need to read your Bible. You need to read the Bible with the Holy Spirit lead you if you are part of that. We'll talk about that in a minute here. And this is what it says here in for, for the church. And this is why the church is so divided because of all this stuff is going on. Here he is. It says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, Young women as sisters in all purity. Honor wills who are truly widows. Let me stop right there. These are the women who are truly widows, who probably possibly older women who are way beyond their childbearing years and not want and it's not they don't want to get married again. Is that they will it to submit to the church. And this is what I'll qualify here. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, leave left alone. Left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayer night and day. But she who is self indulgent is dead even while she lives. 
you know, command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than unbeliever. Now, this here has been misquoted. We will talk to a lot of people in the body of Christ. It does not say that it, it talking about your family members like your father n- do not take care of their own children or their wives. It did not talk about other family members. So other people get all beyond shape about that. And that's not biblical sound. But here's some more, though. And this is really powerful. Now, that will is a role if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been a wife of one husband and have a reputation of good words. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refused to enroll younger widows for when their pastors draws them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going about their house to house and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. This is something that's going on in the body of Christ now, especially when everything is turned upside down. Okay? So I would have younger widows marry, bear children. Okay? Manage their households. Give it to uh, the uh, uh, adversity. No occasion for slander. For some have already stay straight after saying it. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. You see, this is profound. It did not tell the, uh, that she needed to become a pastor. It did not say anything about that and when you look at the t- look at the what the, the people are trying to uh, 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 prolong on the facts here is is taking everything out of content here okay that's why we need to read our bibles more not only just you me too we all need to be study the word and know exactly what god is saying in the bible not just just assuming what the Bible is saying. We need to be, be absolutely profound with the word God is saying. Because God could be saying something totally different from what we are paraphrasing. And we do that a lot. I'm guilty of it myself. And we need to be very, 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 very careful about that. Because let me go back to here. And I want to put this out here because people need to hear this. They need to hear this in First Timothy chapter 2. And I'm going to go right here. What it says here. I'm going to start verse 1. And I'm going to put it out here so you can understand what it's saying here. 
It says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high position. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ are really, really not doing their due diligence. Okay? They're not. And what they're doing is that they pray against our, our president and they're really doing all the stuff they can talking me and being and preach this in the church and that's why they are not doing this this timothy is uh, this is what paul is saying what the church is supposed to be doing the body of christ is supposed to be going he said pray pray for all people not that means the president too he needs prayer and, and the, it's really fun this week people of faith got mad at David Pratt for praying for the president. Now, David Pratt, not a fan of him because he is a, a SJW, but he prayed for him. Now, he taking all kinds of heat because he prayed for the president of the United States because the president came, came to the church because he was praying for what happened in Virginia. And now you have people going crazy and bananas about it. What's going on here? What is really, really, really going on here? Well, here's here's some more so you could give a little details here. Now, it says here, I'm, I'm going to read this here to really sum this up. Because you, you need to understand something here. You really do need to understand something here. Okay. That we may lead a peaceful, quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Hmm. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Huh. Interested that this is not going on right now. Okay. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. And men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, okay, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this, I was, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. And I'm telling you, I'm, I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Okay. And here's the, here's the kicker here. This here should sum everything up. I desire that they, that every place that, uh, I'm sorry, I desire then that every place the men should pray, lift up holy hands without anger or quarreling. Mm. Likewise, as the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braid hair or gold or or pearls or costly attire, but with what the proper proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. 
and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Now, that's not me. That's the Bible. Now, you don't like it? You got to read for yourself. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 15. You can read in the NIV. You can read through the ESV, the NASB, the King James Version, New King James Version. Now, all that, and the only Bible that does not do it correctly, and that is the Message Bible. That's the one Bible that is not even a Bible. Okay? So, don't take my word for it. You got it right there in front of you. And I'm telling you, this here is what the Bible is saying. Don't take my word for it. Read for yourself. Now, I, I want to clear that up that I'm not against any woman. Yeah, God did call women to be part of ministry. He called everyone to be part of ministry. But he did not, I repeat, did not call a woman to be a pastor. That's the truth. And you, if you go to churches that have that going on, it's not follow what the Bible's saying. So, and, and, and I'm going to tell you why I say that. If that is going on, even they don't have to preach on, you know, to the pul- uh, on the uh, at the pulpit. I'm sorry, at the pulpit. If they still preaching to men, that's a big, huge difference. Now, a lot of people will say, Cleveland, you got people doing that right now on the radio network you own. I said, no, it's a difference, and we'll talk about that difference in a few minutes. Stay tuned. USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account. All right, I'm back. Um, I'm glad that you are back with me and everything else. But let me go ahead and just make this to the nutshell here. Now, let me tell you the difference in RCR that's different from what it is at the church. RCR, these are evangelists and ministers. These are not preachers and pastors or people who are called to pastor or pre- uh, be a, a preacher or anything, even though a lot of them are evangelists and even though a lot of them say they teach it. Now, the ministries that are under here, that is under RCR, are nothing like the, what is going on in a lot of churches. Secondly, with that said, RCR do not promote anything that's going against scripture. Now, I want to repeat that because I did not make this network. God did. God appointed me as the overseer. He did not appoint a woman to oversee it. So why would God appoint me to oversee something to make this happen because he did it you see now another thing you need to understand here is that the bible is clear and we just read first timothy chapter two about what he wants the church to do you see 
the body of Christ to do. And we need to adhere to that, not try to go against it. It's a lot of people in the body of Christ are trying, uh, who call themselves in the body of Christ, to destroy what God has called. Means to turn upside down. And I was going to really, the title of the show was going to be something totally different until God had to put it into my wife's heart. And pretty much we would have a, a great conversation about it. And this is why it's so prevalent, even now, that what we was talking about was the, just just tell it like it is. It was so, so powerful that I didn't think about it until he had to come to the grips on what but the Bible had to say. And God, I mean, my, my wife was, we was, was talking. And thanks to her, because I was thinking that the, the name of this broadcast, the last of this piece, it's going to be totally something that is in line to what's going on in the bycross, why we have this divide, why we have this war going on. And, you know, the very thing while I was just talking about, about having women preachers, feminism, and things like that going on in the body of Christ is the very thing that makes sense now. And I have to think about it. I pray about it long and hard because, you know, a lot of people criticize what we do here at RCR. A lot of people criticize what we do when we come out telling the truth about sin. And we tell the truth about sin because God says that the sin, sin needs to be exposed into the light. I mean, we do. We don't need to keep sugarcoated. We don't need to keep on um, mask it or try to put it under the rug. And we need to stop entertaining these sinners. Because the body of Christ is not designed to entertain sinners. And that's exactly what's going on now. We are entertaining these sinners because they come to the churches and that's all they see is entertainment. They are getting so caught up into the entertainment focus and the hype and the feeling, but they don't understand the Bible. Because the Bible is preached, and this is this is this is also true when you have people who are not of faith of Christ in Christ. This is the problem now. But we got these people who claim to be in Christ entertaining sinners. So when you have women pastors and preachers that are out of line with scripture, you are entertaining sinners. Do you notice that the that the femi feminist uh, apostates is not focused just on women? It was focused on the feminism that carries on with it. It's funny because it's a lot of men in the, in the church today are feminine. Let me repeat that one more time. Is uh, so many men in church today are way too much feminine. They got so many feminine qualities. Act at all, you know, like a female and don't have any kind of masculinity to submit and humble themselves according to the word. That's why a lot of men don't go to church. And you thinking. We need more men coming to church. Absolutely right. But how can they come to church 
when you have an ongoing onslaught against masculinity and an onslaught against uh, femininity. It's an onslaught. Like, it's just killing the roles that God has made for, not only for himself, but for the what he established. How are you going to carry on something that is so sound, but you against it because it gives weight to what the Bible instructed for us in the, in the church to do? This is profound. This is why we are in so many we, we shouldn't be in a crossroads as a as a church as believers we should not be in a crossroads but when my wife and i sit there and talk about this you know a lot of people talk about they seeking god you see a true believer is the one that seeks god i mean a, a christian who it has submit themselves to christ jesus as their lord has is seeking to what please him that's what david did now people say well david was the same how no but god said he was after his own heart but his son came from the house of david which is jesus christ read your bible read your word but let me go a little bit further here to put this note here when we do when we do have women Sisters of God preaching. They don't preach. They don't preach on RCR. They minister. They encourage. They're doing what it says to do when you are called to the people who are hurt, sick, and afflicted. That's what we are called as men to do as well. So for a so people who keep criticizing and saying, well, Cleveland, these women are preaching. No, they're not. I'm, I'm telling you this. They are ministering. That's what God calls all believers to do as a minister. They ain't called to preach. They're not, it's not because of the pulpit. I'm talking about, talking about I'm talking to you, uh, uh, talking to you guys. I'm talking about this. Ministries in the Bible is a totally different way it is as pastor and preacher. You see, when you are a minister, you evangelizing, that means you are giving people to cry, to change the life to be in Christ. When you are a pastor and preaching, you are feeding the people in your church. Or in setting that is of the church. That's a big difference. Like with Beth Moore, Joyce Myers, um, Paula White, and I could go down a list of women preachers that call themselves pastors or Bible preachers or Bible teachers. No, that's not biblical. That's not Bible. And you got people who are co-pastors with their husbands. That's not Bible. That's not biblical. If you got a woman who said that this is what God calls, but they twisted scripture, tried to fit a sensitive seeking movement kind of thing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's not Bible. That's not Bible at all. 
So when you have those means going on, you are not going for the Bible. That's why people don't read no more. You need to read your word. We got, we got, we got, we are blessed with devices. We got, we got computers, we got phones, we got all this stuff, right? And you no, know, they it's it's apps out there. You could read your Bible, so you don't have no excuse to read the word. You don't want to read it. Now I know people will get mad about that, but who cares? There's a lot of people don't want to read the word. Why? Because when you read the word, you challenge to change. Oh, yes. When you read and allow the word to change you, it's challenged you to change your current situation. So that's why you have this situation in the in in a in the church right now. It's a lot of wheat and tears around. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I'm just going to be clear to the cuff. It's so many wheat and tears in the church today that is causing so much division. And these are the, the we are like the believers. And the tares are the unbelievers. Not the ones that's coming from the world to the church. The ones that are still in the body of Christ. Stay tuned. USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account. All right, we are back. And, you know, today is really amazing because if you sit here and when we talk about the wheat and the tares, you know, one of the things that you hear so many sermons about, the wheat and the tares. But, you know, it's so amazing that a lot of people don't describe the tares. They all hyper-focus on the wheat. They try to say, well, we are the wheat, and this is how we are, this is how we become. Well, that doesn't really make sense if you don't understand what tares are. And being a you know, being that way in that indication is that being something so banal on the facts about what is a tear, the characteristics of a tear, is the main reason why you have believers and unbelievers in the church today. Now, if you go online, especially online, and if you go use a Google search engine, because I'm going to tell you something about Google you need to understand. Google is not for Christians. Even if you put something about anything about Christianity, it's going to show you the negative stuff about it or show you something that's more like sensitive uh, um, seeking or something that's more on the uh, 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 feel good, positive thinking kind of emotions. And this is really, it's called your sugar-coated uh, gospel. It's not really a gospel. It's mainly not even biblical. It's not sound doctrine at all. Okay? And the thing is, it's really, really kind of profound. No, is that when you love per- people, you tell them the truth. 
that's one of the biggest things that people always say, especially family members. If you love me that much, you tell me the truth about everything. And you, and the thing is, I think when you tell people the truth, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ, they don't want to handle the truth. That tells you a lot about them more than their fruit they are producing. And it does indicate to their fruit. Now, I want you to understand something here about this. Now, it's in the New Testament of what is a tear. And the thing is that we need to give the truth about tear because sometimes we say all the the uh, pronunciations that make it sound was so elegantly involved with the Bible saying it, but never put it into the context of what the word is indicating when it comes to a tear. And this is what it looks like. But let me give you some backgrounds of a tear and give you why it's so important to understand what these look like. Because we in the church, this is going on. This is why everything is so, so crazy, upside down theology and all this other stuff going on. That's really making the people so much a, a war of fan. It shouldn't be. Because if you think about it, numerous New Testament passages identify Christians in the church, even leadership positions as someone other than who they profess to be. They do. Now, come to an objective realization of this and understand how the, you know, to properly respond to them is the mark of spiritual maturity. In Jude chapter 1, verse 12, it, said, it calls these folks relative to the, that, you know, the president of the church hidden reefs in your love feast. Now, this is a good sound, no sound by picture of what, no, what I am, and like I am referring to as do you wonder why a believer, your knees get skinned up when you swim through the sea of life when certain Christian people, quote, quote, Christian people. Now, while I'm about to break into you, I'm going to give you some insights, right? And add the sermon as a why that this case, and in fact, will be always be. And you can learn the to eliminate much no, reluctant pain via of the application of what falls in what we're going to be talking about in a minute. Because a tear according to the book of Matthew, what Jesus was talking about is very evident. Let me, t- let me explain here. Every believer needs to, s- to sober to the prevalence of false believers amongst the truly redeemed of God. In Jesus' parable of the tares, as recorded only in the gospel of Matthew, and that is Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. It's a reference in Luke chapter 3, verse 17 about that. Jesus teaches the multitudes that there will be tares sown in what the wheat 
a tactic of the enemy containing largely indivisible consequences until the day of judgment. That's in Matthew chapter 13, verses 26 to 30. Now, but when a wheat sprout out and born grain, then the terror becomes evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, do you not sow good seed in your field? How did those it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. A slave, the slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them? But he said, No. For a while, for a while, you are gathered up the tares. You may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now, since Jesus states in this passage that he has no intentions to ruin out false believers from genuine ones, an appropriate subtitle to, to what we are talking about is how to cohabitate with tares, how we live with them. This is it's so bad because this is going on in the body of Christ. But, but God, but Jesus said, this, this is going to happen because the enemy, an enemy did this. And the enemy is Satan himself. Now, this is an important observation, a sober standalone takeaway in and itself from this parable. Now, a tear, which is a, a tear is, was a darn on the weed pediment in the Palestinian bone, okay? It it resembles wheat and it's largely indistinguishably from wheat. So it looks like wheat, everything, until it matures and bears fruit. It looks like wheat, everything, when it started to grow up until it started to mature. Now, obviously, the taste of wheat and the end of it chokes, bitter, and inedible. You can't even eat it. That's what a terry is. Now, Jesus used the word and the picture it brought to mind as an Angonian-based culture of powerful metaphor as it does today. Now, here's now let me give you this. Here's the father in the, in the survey in the nine New Testament uh, passages and respected indicators that that leans huge insights into this subject, which is a really appropriate theology. So it speaks on tares. See, Jesus has been shown this up, but it's also other places in the Bible is indicated too. Here he is. Now think about it. They blossom from being Incarnate into faults. Now, I'm sorry. I'm reading my notes here. Let me do this now. In that tears, now let's think about this. In that tears, 
are disguises in the beginning. Here, here is Ananias as Saf, uh, uh, Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. As they mature, they begin to overtake the valuable plants that surrounds them. That is to say this. And this is what it says. They, they blossom from beginning in, uh, in Carnelia into false leaders. Such as was in the case of Diophilus in Third John, and the false apostles mentioned in Revelation chapter two. Even though what follows is presented in parables or in the New Testament books, now if you notice that these aforementioned levels of terra maturity. In each of the nine points and the nine passages of the following, but we're about to sp- speak here, this is what you know what is indicated as a terror. It's so awesome. And you have to be aware of this because this is how the phenomenon and the conviction of the ploy that the devil indicates and how he steals and, and, and do that. This is like the uh the thing says in enables us to understand the inability of tares. If you look this up in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, the pro- the probability of what the enemy uses is always something that's going to try to destroy you. Here are some indicators of tares. And I want you to look at this with a biblical sense and get your Bible. Because we're going to dig deep into this. And then you're going to say, well, clearly, why are you talking about tares? Because this is in the body of Christ. Remember the last three sessions that we've been talking about? Those are symptoms of tares. We're going to talk a little bit of what these are. And you're going to see from what we did those shows of this whole series of what these tares are looking like. Remember, I said that I'm going to show you what, who... Are, what is this war? What are the people who bring in this war? Now we're going to give you the indicators of it, and these are tears. Here they are. First one, here's the indicators of a tear. Okay? They are disobedient. That's the first one. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 20 to 23. And I'm going to read this here. So then you will know them by their fruits, not Everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father, who is in heaven, will enter. May, uh, many will say to me on the, that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then... I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's hard. True, but hard. This is this is God, Father God. Uh, this is this is our Lord's talking this way. Now, many have struggled to come hear what Jesus is teaching in this passage, but when. And that's through the lens of tears, the passage become easy to understand. Now, the overread, the, the 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 overarched truth, the overarched true test of genuine belief 
in the Lordship of Christ is unrevealed by Jesus himself in the profoundly insightful passage. In the cave of true belief is not what someone says, rather it is the fruit of their actions. Uh, remember we was talking about all the things about the, the liberal Christianity, the progressive Christianity, which we know that's not true. We also talk about the social justice movement, the social justice uh, gospel, all the things that's going on with it, all the issues of the world you bring to the body of Christ. We also talk about something that's very, very heavy, talking about these uh, uh, women past feminism, even including men and women in the body of Christ. All of that is indicators of what terrorists are. They are very disobedient. Very disobedient. Now, let's put this in here because you got to know the actions. They're going to say the lingo of a, of a person of the church going, but they do produce their own fruit and it shows. And also here, this is a really powerful thing here. He who does the will of my father is Jesus' lippus test of true belief. Talk is cheap and can be misleading. Now, this is really, really profound because if you're really thinking about it, it's so uh, powerful, it has so many nuggets in it. Like this, if you notice in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus contrasts one who does God's will with someone who does not, yet names his name regardless. I want you to think about that for a minute. Lawlessness means without law. The presence of lawlessness behavior, someone who takes license with scriptural precepts and obedience to them, and therefore evidence of the exist of false quote unquote believer, a possible terror. Liking to good basketball players, you no. Know, in 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 and we have your your players here. Do you know they are good? You put them out there in the front, right? They are the stars, but they produce their uh, they do. But if you got one guy who's a second stream person, but he said he's a star and he goes out there, he's not gonna produce the way the uh, the stars do because the stars always produce their worth. That second stream guy will not. Okay, just think about that. Terrorists in the church knows how to fake it very well. Oh, they do. They are notoriously pow. They, they they love it. They love how to fake it. No, this this, this indicates say fake it till you make it. Big fat lie. True, really. Now, furthermore, since the Greek verse of this is to uh, is presented particularly from the indicate of continuous action, Jesus is. Stating that disobedience to scripture behavior is continuous. Regular action of people who talk like believers but don't act like believers. Lastly, lawlessness depicts unrighteous actions in both the old law and the civil law sense. Now, look at it. Israel of the terror is, is very disrespectful from the law of the land. That's why we got all these demonstrations and stuff like that. And the laws of God. Thinking about it with people who are homosexual and and um 
know, people who are commit adultery, people who doing all kinds of stuff that is against God, people who are depraved are practice this, but they say they're Christians. Now, similarly, now, now, now one who knows tares not by what they say or profess, but their fruit. And one who, those who continue with their continuous spirit of disobedience to outside authority. What follows are eight more passages revealing additional signposts of this. I'm telling you, this is heavy stuff. A lot of people can't handle this. Here's the second indicator of this. Okay? They are pretenders. Let's go to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Okay? Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. And here he is. But the man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a, uh, a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife full knowledge. Okay? And bring a portion to it. He laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land? Mm. Now, if you are a tear, you will not pick up on that discernment. That's the truth. You won't. But think about it. The contest from Acts chapter 4, verse 32 Further evidence that Ananias and Sapphira were members of the Church of Jerusalem, but even though even though members, not believers, rather pretenders, in order to fake their spirituality in front of the, the true believers, they act in concert, in concert with them. In this case, wanting to appear generous, but they were hypocrites intent on impressing others through deception. Does that sound like anybody in the church today that's acting that way? Now, for all that reason, terrorists are often camouflaged pretenders who lie and cover up in order to outwardly uh, comes across as spiritual. Make a special notes to this. Terrors are characterized by pretending. Again, you will know them by their fruits. And this is, this is, I know it's hard. You'll be like, oh, here we go again, Cleveland. But I'm telling you this. This is what it looks like. Okay? This is the truth. You know, we fall. You know, Chris, even true believers do fall. But that's when we go and confess our sins to the Father God. We confess our sins to him, to Jesus, to Father God, and he forgives us for those sins because we what? We confess to him. So he will, will cleanse us for all kinds of unrighteousness. Now, we, we quote that very, very much. But with a tear, the fruit shows. I'm just saying, they do. Here's some more here. And I mean, I'm putting this out here because I want you to understand it is, it's deep. It's, it's super deep. And people think this is simple 
to talk about this. This is where you have to have discernment for Christ. You got to have the discernment to understand what's going on. See, we on the third one here. We got six more to go. See, they are arrogant. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 through 15. Now, at first, I was going to go and indicate all these indicators about what makes the war within the body of Christ evident. No, God told me, and he put in my heart, Cleveland, dig deeper. Then the parable of tares came up. And I'm like, you know, I'm, 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 God is not precisely talking to me. He talked to me through his word and through prayer. He referred me right back to the word. He did not have, I have no revelation knowledge or new affirmation from God. It came from his word. He said, go to my word. And the tares came up like that. Thanks to my beautiful wife about what we was talking about, about a believer and an unbeliever, this is what comes up here. And they are arrogant. They are, I mean, Larry, I used to act like this as a believer, as a person who pretend like I was a Christian. And I got people who could tell you the truth and say, look, man, Cleveland thought he really believed that he was part of the body and wasn't. That's a true statement. But think about it, because I, I was acting arrogant. They got got all. And we got some people who's, who say they are uh, uh, Christian conservatives acting this way. they arrogant. They're not humble. Think about this. I want you to look at, if you are at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, let's go to 14 to 15 here. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, who in will be according to their deeds. And more like to the previous point, right? Regard pretending, Satan disguises no to change in fashion or appearance his servants in a cloak so as to appear righteous or just. But keep in mind, those who portray themselves as a servant of righteousness will appear as clumsy to true believers, such as their demeanor steaming from the unbeliever heart leans itself to a legalistic kindness of righteousness. Yeah, an air of superiority often lacks in graciousness towards others. This is where I know for a fact when I was in Kansas City, when I was um no going through a a uh, uh man, I, I'm gonna say it like this, I went through some stuff. And the stuff I went through are indicators that God was not real with me at the time. But thanks be to God that when he saved me through his son, when I make my allegiance to Jesus as my Lord, I understand the arrogance and the and the false reality here. 
And that really was a big, huge indicator that I was right with him. Well, if you have that sense of pride in your heart, you will go beyond the scope of what the truth is on, on many, many areas. And that will give you so many indications that we have a problem and we need to get it right. A person who's acted this way will always going to bring some kind of false reality into the midst of everything. And that's why we have so many people in the church claiming to be something they're not. Because they always said, well, how can we know who they are? By their fruit. By their fruit. So I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about what that all says in, in, in tell that what are the people act like. Because think about it. The, the principle in this, uh, this, uh, this Pauline passage is a near twin to Jesus' parable of the tares in Matthew chapter 13. But adding to that here in our second Corinthians passage is the evidence of self-righteousness, arrogance, holler thou, uh, holler than thou spirit. No, holy at thou. I mean, I'm sorry, holy at thou spirit. I mean, just so, so, so enriching themselves. They think that they are God's gift to, to mankind because they are holy. And this is a lot of people act like this. Remember, terrorists exist alongside. They are masquerades, but pro, uh, produce, pro, uh, produing out from underneath their masses. If you look carefully and long enough, it's a sinking air of superiority. I want you to think about that for a minute. We'll be right back in a few minutes and we will go continue on, finish this whole thing about this because we got a whole lot more meat to cover on the whole thing about these tears. Stay tuned. USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account. All right, back. And, you know, from the last break, everything else, I want you to really sit down for a minute. We're about to go into something here. We're about to really get deep. Okay? You will be like, okay, what he's talking about. We're about to get deeper into this. I'm about to hit D here. And I had to pray about this one. And I'm glad I did because when I was researching about all of this, I didn't understand. But now I'm glad that God has shown me, even from men who took the scriptures and also understand the indicators, I had to read them for myself. And now I see what he's saying here. Here's D here. Are you ready? Let's go ahead. D. Here he is. They falsify salvation. Let me repeat that. They falsify 
salvation. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, okay? Now, this here is a huge indicator that we have a problem. And why? Because of the, the reasons behind of it. Falsely, false, no, they, 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 they got falsify, they falsifying their salvation. Now, I did this, and I'm seeing myself when I was like this. When you become this, when you act this way, this is how they act. The pretenders, and you falsifying your you falsify salvation that never exists. Never exists. They falsify salvation. And look at this here. You, if you're in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, let's indicate here. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accused or uh, a curse, a curse. As we have said before, so I said again, now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, he is to be accused or a curse. Now, this is big here. And I'm going to tell you why it's big. Because if you preach a different gospel that's contrary to what the Bible is saying, you are a false preacher, prophet, teacher, apostle, whatever. It's all false. According to the Bible. Here he is. Now, whereas the former passage describes somewhat incarnate tears, Galatians is descriptive of full flower tears. The big problem of the church of Galatia when Paul wrote to the Galatian epistle was that false teachers have recently engulfed it. That's what's going on even now in, in, in the churches today, especially in America and all over the world, false teachers is in the church. Now, more specifically, the now in bloom false teaching was about salvation. The now in charge tares pridefully taught that salvation was not achieved by faith in Christ alone, but in part by keeping the Old Testament law, which is you can look that up in Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. Well, that's the same thing going on with some of the people that believe in the uh, denominationalism or believe in, um, like I said, the affirmation. Uh, uh, the new affirmation uh, 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 movement or the reformation, whatever. All these things are that's not of the Bible indicate that, you know, it's a new gospel. It's a new uh, way of speaking. I know that Vody, you know, Dr. Vody uh, Bachman did indicate of this thing called the social, gospel, social justice gospel is a part of this new gospel movement that's going on called woke, quote, quote, Christians. 
And this is a problem we have in America. But it may be that the terrorists has cloaked themselves for years. Yeah, make it little to do about their doctorate differences until the time was just right. That's what's going on in the church today. And this is really, really sad, but it's going on so rapidly. Terrorists do not believe that salvation is by grace alone in Christ alone. Deep down, they believe in their self-pride that one can save himself via his self-righteous acts. But here's the problem. When one's salvation is not based in grace, one's treatment of others would not be based in grace. Okay? Grace is a foreign concept. It follows that tears, therefore, tend to process a stunt and non-existent vocabulary and to me regard God's grace and mercy and personally lack humble praise in adaption of the salvation or, or the Savior who to them is not which you looked it up at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 to 11 we read that about what how people are when they try to preach a false doctrine, not sound doctrine. Because they believe their salvation is based on personal performance versus his sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice, they arrogantly judge others accordingly. Wow. This is hard. This is hard. I mean, how much more you need to talk about? Let's continue on here. E, they battle incorrectly. What? They battle incorrectly. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I want you to go there. Okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. All right. Here he is. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I remember one of the social pastors of the church I went to got us to remember this uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. And... I didn't understand it at the time because, like I said, I wasn't a, a, a true convert. I was a false convert. So I couldn't understand this. But now I understand it completely because it makes sense about what is going on. Very, 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 very true. Let's continue on. Terrorists desire believers to be consumed by fights other than spiritual ones. That's what's going on with all these social issues going on in the church and outside church, like the protests. I'm just saying, in rallies, I'm just saying, in the above passage, the Apostle Paul dials in as to what it, the ultimate battle in this world it is a spiritual battle first and foremost. Now, the discerning Christian public servant realized he, uh, his and her need 
to become spiritually mature so as to be a player in the outcome of a spiritual battle. If the ultimate battle is a spiritual one, then one who is not spiritually mature or spiritually armed cannot fight in it. That is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. It is one thing to know political issues, Mm, okay, to be able to persuade, speak, and build personal relationships and to fight for correct policy, okay? I'm not just talking about liberals here. I'm talking about conservatives here as well, okay? But such things are not the ultimate battle in this life. Spiritual maturity is the transcendence or transcending quality necessary for spiritual battles in the ultimate sense of the fight. Okay? A fight that way no that weather weights bathes in Christ cannot effectively participate in. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one to two. Keep in mind the spiritual battle is where both the eternal destiny for souls and the cultural wars of today are ultimately won or lost. Spiritual maturity and biblical understanding inform the believer that there are satanic lying, deception, disguise, and false moral superiority that are forever in constant play in the nation's capital and all over the world, right? And in the public service states and uh, home communities to think otherwise is to say that profound and insight truths revealed in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 does not exist in the Bible. What is it for you believe in this regard. Think about the word struggle. It means hand-to-hand combat. Okay? And the uh, Greek word means pale. Okay? It is one of the spiritual discerning who it is only the spiritual discerning who can see through the the uh, the fictitiousness of the physical world dealing with the effect, uh, dealing with it effectively and not be deceived and sidetracked by the devil. Again, tears. Remember, fake, fake, fake folks, fake believers will have believers be improperly focused and consumed by fights other than the ultimate one, the battle up for the souls of men where the victory is ultimately won or lost. This is a very kind tactic of Satan to distract you from what it most important. You must keep in mind and be obedient to this great and informing passage. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I know that's a lot to deep. I know there's a lot to eat on. Eat eat well. If you are not um, no, very, very concerned about this, 
it's very, very, very agonizing to understand that this is exactly what the devil don't want you to know. He don't want you to know these things here. He don't want you to know the truth behind all this. Why? Because if he, if he, if he knows you know the truth, you will fight. You will fight him just the way the Bible describes how to fight, not against flesh and blood. Right? Not against flesh and blood. What we fight against? Right? But against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's what we fight. I know. This is this is hard. And I'm gonna tell you something. It's gonna get worse before it get better. It's going to get worse before we get better. Let's go a little, little bit more here, okay? Because we got a whole lot to cover here. F, they are sensual. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, okay? They're very sensual, okay? But false prophets also arose among the people, just as their were they will also be false teachers among you, okay, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensitivity, and because of them, the way of truth will be marginal, powerful, powerful, powerful one. Now, what does that all this entails here? And then, now, think about it. the sixth characteristic of terrors is revealed in the the uh, pyramid passage. Now, 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 aptly here, Peter used the synonyms of false prophets and false teachers to illustrate terrors. It's a lot of them who claim to be of God are tares. Literally. Claim. And I'm saying that not just loosely, but effectively. Now, you probably wonder yourself, well, how is that to be a person who's a tear? Well, think about what a tear thinks and do. Uh, and we, go, we, we talk about it. They do a lot of stuff that is not of God. They're not. Now, thinking about here, in this particular passage, Peter underscores many of the truths previously indicated or identified in this outline by Bible authors Jesus, Luke, and Paul. Okay? Now, relative to the a certainty, the existence of characteristics of tares, but here he adds another indication. They follow their sensitivity, which means this. These, these are those, he said, will be among you. Indicate once again that the terrorists will be part of your everyday life. Think about it in this way. This may be a legislature on the floor who claims to be a Christian, but yet knows 
for his and his sexual license. Mm. Be, beware, scripture is helping you to see people for who they really are. Don't be fooled. Not everyone who names the name of Christ is the real deal. They're not. Father Peter said in the passage, these are, are those who margin the truth. Think of this in terms of subcommittee's hearings when a clergyman or a fellow Christian colleague testifies to some bill, a ripped scripture from context in order to prove their point, therein marginalized the way of truth. There are terrors among you in your home, church, and there are terrors among you in your community rooms. There are terrors around you everywhere. Terrors are Satan's tools to lead you astray and to lead our lead our nation into the pit of hell. Fake clergymen who speak in opposition to clear biblical precepts may deceive your colleagues, but will they deceive you? As a true believer, do you have the spiritual maturity to not only identify, but admonish them? Can you, like Jesus, see through their various forms of deception. One glaring evidence here, herein being their sensitivity and say, get behind me, Satan. Can you bring light to darkness? Can you arrest the a scripture twister and set the record straight? Herein, the, indica the indications of your own spiritual maturity or the lack of. This is deep. It's deep. It's like cutting. It's like cutting um, smog with a butter knife. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's it's deep, um, and this is really really hardcore stuff. This is, and um, one of the big huge things I notice with people is that um, a lot of people don't understand God. In, in a sense of why that God don't want you to be a certain way of thinking. And man, I know some people who act this way, literally. And they, 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 they go around and preaching that this is, this is, this is what God said. It can't be. I mean, you really know they they are like that. They truly are. And this is really, really bad. Okay? Let's continue on here for a little bit, okay? I mean, we 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 going to hit G. And G is very profound. I love G so much. It tells it like it is because I remember for a fact, that's how I used to think. Man, 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 this is beautiful. Let's read what it says here. G, they are never wrong. 
I want you to think about that. We repeat that one more time. They are never wrong. First John chapter one, verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. <laughs> Just like when people say about abortion says it is a what? It's part health care. This is a woman reproductive rights. That's no truth behind it. That's sin. But this is this this we, we got the right to kill babies. That's sin. That's murder. It's just like if I go and kill my own son, he's 19 years old. I'm committing murder. Well, that's the same thing when I a develop baby inside you when you commit abortion. You commit murder. Well, they don't want to talk about that in church. Now, in addition to the point number three, which is tears are arrogant now, it is similar but hyphen form of hyperis that is evident of false believers. They never wrong. The heresy being addressed in First John chapter First uh, John by the Apostle John was Gnosticism. Oh boy! Now that was the first century belief, wherein in the uh, pra- uh, the prayer views believe that they have a higher okay knowledge that than Christians. And this is how people who are atheists act too, and other people, including people in, in church, act like that. Here he is. Characters of these type of weeds in the church were a condescending superiority of selfless self-righteousness. Cloaked in Christian garbs, some terrorists are so arrogant that they don't think they are ever wrong. John uh, uh, provides us that that discerning insight from that nifty passage. If you know someone who names and names of Christ, but never wrong, be warned. Watch out. They're probably not the real deal. In the well with the Holy Spirit, true believers are also always characterized by humility and humility and are willing to be corrected. They they ask for your opinion and ask and actually listen. I want you to think about that for a minute. Just think about that very, very, very thing I just said there. And we're going to talk a little bit more in details in a few more minutes. Stay tuned. USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account. All right. We are back. And this, we have to really dig a, a, a little bit deeper on because once you understand what terror is and how the terror operates, it will give you more clarity that if someone that you know for a fact has a lot of of issues with God. Life I'm gonna give you one perfect example here. And this here, we are H here. And the main reason why we are at H is because this here 
I had to do some more research. And, and believe me, this is hard to really, you know, plug it, everything into the, 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 uh, to the nano minute, second, whatever you want to call it, but to really actually dig deeper, deeper, deeper into it. And when I was doing that, I wasn't really sure what I was, you know, researching until it came to this here with H. And when I read this, I was very, very blown. Okay? And I wanted to read it so you could understand this is not easy. But when you read and you will see it, you will you will you'll get my point. And that is, and this is H. They are church leaders. Look at Third John chapter nine through eleven. Okay, and we're going to summarize this to really put it into why this is very very powerful. Now. This is what John wrote. He says, I wrote something to the church, but disciples who loves to be to be first among them does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this. He himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desires to do so and put them all out of the church. Beloved, do not intimidate or, Im or be intimate with this evil, but what is good? The one who does good is of God. And the one who does evil, it had not seen God. Think about that for a minute. I mean, this is a very, very powerful you know, passage here. I mean, it represents the, the clutch reason this brief letter called Third John is included by the Holy Spirit in this canon. Now, the canon is the the books like the Episcopals and stuff like that. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Third John is just a short book, just like Jude. It's not chapters or anything. It's a letter that John was expressing. Okay, and when he was doing, this is very to the point. Okay, no, I mean, it is like all else. This is the short epistle in um, reductive of the other New Testament teachings, except for this powerful insight. Now, the optimist, right, in you know, in verse 9 of John, third John, right, was the head of the church. Not Christ, okay? It appears that it, it is apparent that he is you're allowedly 
ran the show for a while. Even though he was the church leader, John labeled him as evil, someone who has not seen God. In other words, Theophilus was a tear in full blown, not a believer, a tear. Okay. If, no, now, and, and this is this is really powerful. Eventually, he has sneakily worked his way into the leadership of the ministry. Watch out for controlling legislators, pastors, board members, or orga uh, no organizers of different Christian organizations coming in. You no, know, who you know coming in have these accusations and you know accusing the way everything's run and always had to be right about every single thing never wrong about it. remember we talk about that first john chapter one verse eight now it's a trademark for terror and it is and i mean that they will attempt to put them or you out of the way Think about that. No, we we was talking about these different uh, things that's going on in the body of Christ. Why is these things that's going on in the body of Christ? Just I want you to put the perspective into what God is doing. Okay? You see, you gotta watch out for them. Now, John, you know, is really, really no, no, wants you to know. They're distinct. No, there's distinctness, and they are very disingenuous. They're very disingenuous. They're distinctive of their characteristics of wanting to take things and run them, and wants to do things. They try. No, they'll have no kind of humility in it. And I say, even though they pretend to be and are in charge in every thing spiritually that's really what's going on with a lot of stuff today i mean and, and that's really the sad thing about it. now here here's really what's going on again now per to the industry do not be surprised about their theism they always think about themselves all the time itself these are false christians leaders are normative in the church age, they, they come in, they go around, they try to put themselves, prop themselves up to be something, make themselves to be anything, and look what they do. You see, you have to be extremely careful when you see these tears. Now, many churches, even denominations, are led by tears. You know, this is, it's hard to go to church in this day now my people don't know people say you gotta be humble and see one of the things that god really I, I love the lord so much is this you could go to the church and be a member for so many years right and when you become a member of that congregation or that local body you humble yourself to the local body but God did not tell us to humble ourselves to the local body. He told us to humble ourselves to him. He want us to what? 
He want us to be laborers and help the local body to get more of his word out there for people to get and grasp on, but never for us to be um, to be so dedicated to uh, to the to the to the to the calling of a ministry. When I mean, when I mean my dedicated, I'm talking about in a way that it will take him out, become your idol. It's a lot of people in the church in, in by Christ are led by tares. You know they are. And the tares are the ones are causing the issues behind all of that. See, you have to understand: Are you a tear? You know, that's this is hard. I mean, literally, it's hard to even grab the concept of wondering: Are you a tear? So, be spiritually smart and mature, and always on guard. Because you got to, you, you, they, they, like we said, on the previous sets of what ter- characterized as, that's your due diligence to find out if this person is. You got to have a, a, a very discernment about it. I, and this one, it's very, very, and this is the the last part here. This here is very, 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 I mean, very, trust me, it's, it's, it's not easy with this one. But it's very, very humble about it because it is what it is. And I'm going to put it out here. And you could take it or leave it. Some people would not take this seriously. But this is what this is when it comes to a tear. And this is the last stance on this. And we're going to summarize all this in a few minutes. They tired themselves. Look at Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. Okay. Think about it. They tile themselves. And it's a lot of people who like this. Even we have to be careful not to do this. This is hard for me. I mean, even for, what I mean by it's hard for me is because, you know, I used to act like this. I used to, be, be, you, know, pr- you know, put myself up there and everything. I have, I, I, I was in an identity crisis, literally. And when you are in an identity crisis, this is the way people act. Literally. Here he is. Think about it. I was like that. I always put myself up there trying to make myself look good, sound good, be good, talk good. You name it. Everything that was going on in my life, I was acting that same various thing. But you know, when you become saved, filled with the Holy Spirit... All this other stuff doesn't matter no more. It really doesn't. I guarantee it. I was acting this way. And yeah, I have put tiles, labels, everything. You know, I remember for a fact when I was so much of the world as a non-believer. Right? 
everything else, I literally, literally make myself sound like I was important. Oh boy, we about to we about to do something here. This is really, really deep. And so deep. It's so deep that you have to ask yourself these questions about the purpose of what God is really doing. Is he really your Lord? Is he really your Savior? That's hard. Believe me, it's hard even for me to even phantom the facts on this. You know, because you have to really have to take into consideration what God has called everybody to do and to become in the body of Christ. But when we do, we always oh no, and this is something that we got to understand here. And this is really important. And that's why I'm, I'm going to dig deeper. And I'm taking my time to talk about this one. Because this one is going to question those in authority. Those who are leading. Those who, um, not only just that, who, who claim to be something they're not. It will put those people on the spot. But only they put people on the spot. We have to also be careful with ourselves about these things too. This is hard for everyone. And especially if you look at this in a humble lens. This is a humble pie here. This is really, if, especially for me. Because, you know, you don't want to literally put yourself out there, make yourself look like you're something you know you're not. And it's a lot of people doing that. And I believe, I tell you, I keep saying this as, as I am putting this out here to tell you. I was acting like that myself. But let me read what they do when they put tires to themselves. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance. And that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false now note now note that the tear at the church of Ephesus to whom this passage is addressing has given themselves the title apostles but Jesus here quote above in the front uh, in the uh, and from the book of Revelation set the record straight and they are not. Mm. Whew. The apostle John, when he wrote this, the revelator, record hearing what Jesus said to him through the angel. If you look at Revelation chapter one, verse one. It com no, it's commending the the Ephesian church for having had a spiritual discernment and courage to deal with tares. If you look at First Timothy chapter one verse twenty, this is where uh, Pastor Timothy 
was the head of the church in Ephesus. Who among the other things we learn about them, giving themselves fancy titles, and I might add oftentimes fancy grab and ropes, you know, just, just putting themselves out there to make themselves look more more important or puff themselves up, in other words. This is good concluding passage to suggest that every mature believer have the trained spiritual discernment and courage to do likewise. You call yourselves an apostle and you are not. You call yourselves a preacher, a pastor, a, a reverend, or an evangelist, or a prophetess, or a prophet. Even you go, let's go a little bit further into other things, a director or overseer or a producer or this or that, wherever to make yourself sound important. That's, that's what a tear do. They want to put themselves on the front line, but they'll have the fruit to back it. This here is very, very dangerous because we can step into that realm like that in so many ways without even having any questions about it whatsoever. We do. This here is very, very important to understand the concept we are talking about. This is very, very important. So... We went through all these nine steps here. What a terror looks like. Okay. Now. The real. The meat and potatoes of all this. Is you have to understand something here. We're going to. Just. just the insight. To internalize. Regard terrors. We're going to put it all in a, in, 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 in a nutshell here. To give you some of the reason why it's important to discern this. And here he is. Now. Now, parallel to the previous passages that we're talking about, what follows are the respective biblical gauges that summarize or in summary fashion unveil the presence of believers' enemy. And here they are. A. They break the law. The takeaway principle in Matthew chapter 7 is, is this. You will know them by their fruits. Now, only, now one only needs to taste the flavor of a tear to realize it is not wheat. Okay? If someone professes to be a believer and yet habitually takes license with man's and God's laws and is unremorseful and imperative one has ever biblical reason to doubt the genuineness of their profession of faith. Now, such actions are not uh, uh, conversational or consumeritual with the indwelling Holy Spirit in the life of a true believer. Means that you really can't uh, you cannot f fake to be a believer if you are a tear. You can't. You cannot 
make yourself look like you are a believer. If you if you try so hard to do that, you will tear. You got to have the Holy Spirit live inside you. B, remember B, they pretend. The takeaway principle in Acts chapter five is this: tares will mimic the wheat as closely as possible before bloom in order to outwardly appear similar and gain the following check their story do our do your own research if you have any doubts at all is there a pattern of lying Check all down. Research them. Find out what's going on with them. You know, it's one thing about Google that you need to really be careful about, too. See, I, I want to stress this because a lot of people will assume this and will go and look it up on places like Google and other places without actually researching through other means. Don't, 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 don't rely on Google so much. Go and pray for one thing. Secondly, after you pray, you go and research it through. Not only you use Google, but you use DuckDuckGo. Use um, for, you know, different other uh, websites and other search engines and other places. If all of them comes together, then you go... And research to do different other places that could back that research up on people like this. Okay? Don't just go by what you think they do. Do it for the sanctity of doing it. Make sure you do your research. I want people to research what I do. Yes, even if you don't see all the glamour all the concepts that you want to see because sometimes people do this too you know even some tears would say i would do the research and they research things in their hearts what they already have about the person before they go and actually find the truth you have people like that i used to act that way you know go and find out what's wrong with everyone but never really seek God on the matter. You go and seek your own understanding. And this is something in Proverbs that lead not to your own understanding because the heart is what? Deceitful. You see, whatever the flow of the issues of life that you no know, comes from the heart. So if your heart is not in the right place with God, you will believe anything that is not of God. So do your research with God's full intentions. C. They possess an air of morale superiority. The takeaway principle of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 is this. In their attempts to come alongside and be disguised, they have no understanding of concept of grace. Since they cannot imitate this quality, develop a keen discernment of no a discernment for the absence of self, the uh, of self 
uh, uh, desiccation. Tears often project more superiority and lack basic kindness. You're not kind of people at all. And I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to really, you know, fake the funk. You know, that's what one of the things I remember my uncles and them used to say. You, you cannot just fake the funk to say that you are the funkiest person around. Well, you can't fake Christianity. You cannot fake true conversion. Either you real or not. If you are real, then nine times out of ten, it's nothing to it. Because God is leading your life. But if you are fake, you will it's so hard to personify that you are true convert of Christ. That's the truth of the matter. But you have to be realistic about it. And this is something you got to be humble to. Here's another one. It's really, really important here. D is that they are legalists. Okay? The takeaway point on Galatians chapter 1 is this. Acting to, to three above. Okay? No, according to the three above, right? Terrors have a legalistic versus grace paradigm of how one goes to heaven okay when quiz they are found relying on self uh, effort of their own good works they not only possesses a aberrant oxyproxy means lenis, uh, lasciviousness okay but a asteroid orthodoxy right like legalism not only I might be by the seemingness I mean the sentiousness meaning that grace this people who like this pretty much is more like legalitarians literally they are so embarked into their own belief that everything is law restrictive it's just like what people said this you know you know I hear this when I was uh, um was in the Pentecostal faith when I was and I'm not saying you know when I'm, I'm, what I mean by in a Pentecostal faith I was not saved to to put in the point here I'm not saying people who's Pentecostal are not saved but I'm saying when I was in it you know you have to speak in tongues to prove that you are a born again believer and the Holy Spirit live inside you. That that's not true. Because in the Bible it did not specify that you have to speak tongues. It says it's a gift of the Spirit. To speak with other tongues. But it's other gifts that's part of the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit though. You see what I mean? People could get so hyper into believing that this is the way to God to know you got God in you. I know that when it, uh, before it was some people who pretend and speak a different language but that's not biblical because even the person who heard them speak another language said themselves that that's not the Holy Spirit they sound like they speak another language that they know formally or they've been taught how or they just throwing something out there 
Now that's what they said because they understand that language because it's their native at the time. But you get, but you get the point. They always try to find the legalistic things to prove the point that they are above God, and that's not evil biblical sound either. Let's continue here. Let's continue on here. E, they possess a improper emphasis. Now I know this. This is something. I had to really humble myself to because I could get this way myself a lot, and they do. The takeaway principle of, uh, of Ephesians chapter 6 is this, tares fight the wrong battles and possesses no real interest in changing the hearts of the people through the love of Christ. I know we talk about this in one of the last uh, broadcasts about when homeschoolers were in this you no know, were you no know, was being persecuted because they was taking their kids out of the public education and when they was taking the kids out of the public education you know they was getting you know truancy law uh, truancy officers and everyone trying to find these kids but see the thing about it is the laws has changed for us to homeschool our kids at home it's a legal right but we didn't have any protests and, and marches and anything to really claim that right. We did it because, and the thing about it, it took some people humbly to fight for us to, to, to homeschool. And, and you know, now it's legal in all 50 states. But see, think about when people go and protest or do stuff nowadays you know they they protesting and some protesting for a good point but they also protesting for a bad point as well and and that's what they do you know you know there's a fascination with outward change with no real god only can give them understanding of the concepts of or need for inward change they do not understand the gospel at all you know one of the things i know is about people for the far uh, in, the, in the far left yeah i'm saying this because this is true now they said jesus was a socialist jesus was is a liberal everything but if you look at what a liberal socialist progressive you know, progressive is all that ends entail, nothing biblical. Nothing biblical. Even conservatism is not in a personification of biblical. However, if you say I want to keep the things of God and and the, and, the, and the rights of the things of God, that is biblical. If you want to change things of God, because the society said that's not biblical. And that's what they do. They fight for that. You see? But they don't use the gospel message. And they try to put these, like, the social issues with the social justice movement and, and, and the social justice gospel are doing. They try to change the true meaning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you have a lot of problems going on with that. They do not understand the gospel at all. 
nor are they interested in evangelism or discipleship rather power it's a lot of them act like that that's one of the biggest things that's going on with some of the, some and I didn't say all with some of these mega churches they do do that but we but that's beside the point it doesn't it doesn't say it, I'm not saying you should that the church growth could mercifully happen but if that's all you think about doing you you don't have the gospel in you don't have God in you here is another one they are substantial okay the takeaway of second period chapter one is this know from this passage and the authority of God's word that terrorists are centrally out of control in their private if not public lives they always come out with time uh, with time if not already and I'm telling you we are living in a, a depraved state a fallen state in this day age especially when it comes to the sexual immorality going on you got pornography you got so many people who are of of um you know you know who who claim to be christians who are raptured and i'm saying this with 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 all uh, uh with all tenacity here with this who are raptured in pornography literally Rapture. I mean, just immersed in it. I was like this, I, and believe me, it's hard to break away from some kind of sin that you that 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 you have it as a clutch, or as as no, I mean, literally as a clutch. You hold on to it, and you know you need God's grace. You know you need Jesus Christ, but you hold on to that very sin like that. Because that sin is is something as as a tenant of everything. I am telling you, I'm telling you with 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 attention to, to 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 really in love. In other words, this. You know all the stuff is going on, especially this inquiry act that's going on. They want to take away for us talking about sin like this, and that is one of them, especially sexual immorality. You know, commit adultery. When you commit adultery, it's a sin. It's not an affair. It's adultery. It's not you when you say you are you no, know, you want to wear. Um, you you say I'm, I'm transgender. I love the. I feel like a woman. No, that is sexual immorality. I like to be with the same sex because I'm because I was born to the no. That's a choice. That is sexual immorality. That is sin. It's no candy apples or anything like that. That's sin, that's sin. So like this month. Like in like I'm not this month, but in but in June, this no in June and every June is Gay Pride Month. Remember, Pride comes before fall. I want you to think about that. You have so much pride to be gay, to be bisexual, to be uh, to be uh, um, to be lesbian, to be transgender, to be asexual, pansexual, 
all these different kinds of uh, gender identity, everything. Pride comes before fall, literally. You see, and a lot of them come out with it, you know, because I'm gonna tell you something, and and this is me. I want people to know that I did sin. I want people to know I did sin against uh, 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 Father God, and I did I deserve to go to hell. But you know, one of the beautiful things about God is that His grace, His love, and mercy to you when you accepted Jesus as his, as your Lord. You realize how of how evil you are, and you take ownership on it. And once you take ownership of the evil that you did, that's when you become humble because you see other people like that and you don't go around and trying to make mockery of their downfall like that. The world going to do their thing. But the thing is that by Christ, we need to help one another to edify, to teach, to uplift, and to encourage. Pray for them. Love them. But this is some terrorists don't do that. Some didn't want to rip into people and just say they are no good. Mm. But that's when we need to really look at this because this is where we go to G. They claim to be sinless. The takeaway point from First John First uh, John is this: terrorists are not humble about their personal sin. They deny it. I, I know. That's what I was doing. Now, they are never wrong. They're heretic and Gnosis uh, described in First John possesses a holy than thou attitude. According to Latin sin and uh, accordingly. Now Latin sinless list acts are a identifying marker of a terror. Okay, are they ever humble in their demeanor? Okay, do they ever admit they make mistakes? And some of them will say, "Yeah, I make a lot of mistakes," but they can't really, <laughs> really put it out there what kind of mistakes they made. You know, I'm gonna say like this: I was a very prideful, evil, worldly man who thinks above all of reproach that. Don't even look at other people's. They do look at other people's issues, but never identify his own issues. And always try to find some fault in people because he don't want to see fault in himself. That was me. That was me. And when I realized that, I, I was so messed up in my in, in my head and my heart. I need a savior. <laughs> You can't get away from that. I need a savior. And, and I'm telling you, you would need you need Jesus. You will need him as your Lord. Literally, you need him as your Lord. Jesus will save you once you declare him as your Lord. Okay. Here's another one. This is H. I'm trying to get down to the near degree with this here. The take no, they are controlling and accuser to accusatory, okay? Accusatory, okay? The takeaway point of third John 
is this terrorists tend to seek control and are unrelented in their false accusations of true believers in their slander they bring about divisiveness stay away from power hunger over controlling people especially if they name the name of Christ such qualities are not becoming a true godliness tears will bite and injured those naive to their ways and means as they seek and maintain power it's so many people who are like this so many people like this and that's why we have to be very 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 careful of that very very careful with that and you will see their fruit they go they come out every single time when things like this come about and they also will have different places to learn how to be like them about this they do and a lot of people say they're being bold no that's not being bold that's being very very arrogant and the you no know, in this way here the takeaway here and I they wear self-imposed labels and this is really really important the takeaway from Revelation chapter 2 verse 2 is this have the courage to call out fake spiritual leaders don't be impressed nor intimidated by their self-titling or fancy gra uh, garbs okay in your mind it should only serve to indicate their pride and sense of self-importance in reality they are not they are nothing but tears yeah when you see that going on check them hard in summary here and I'm going to conclude this here now any of the above, uh, uh, above by themselves are not necessarily indicated of the pres uh, presence of tares every believer struggle with sin okay like I said I even could contest to this we do struggle to believe me it is every believer struggle with sin in some degree of form time and time but when they are continually present beware you see you get if they could they, if it's habitual I mean this it's just out of, no not just out of the blue but continue to do it be a, be a, be aware of that okay just be aware if you notice in my voice I'm very 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 cautionary with this because you know you gotta be careful you don't want to just label everyone like this you got to be very careful now 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 as a believer I pray that you can now better a certain who the terrors and are that Satan has put in the path of your life Will the terrorists be successful in the divine mission or of this disencouraging or derailing you? Can you now become discerned their presence and purpose? It follows that you must identify 
their existence and purpose in order to keep your distance again okay the believer's battle is a spiritual one and he needs to see things from the perspective of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 right as a quote in into this study this this here now our struggle is not against flesh and blood but but, but what rules powers you know things that nature Remember, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, the Apostle John records the fact that the, the Ephesian church identified and put such persons like Hymenaeus, I mean, Hymenaeus and Alexander out of their midst. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20. They were those who called themselves apostles, but were not. While you and I, now think about this, might not have the luxury to doing such uh, um, doing something as formal as calling someone out for their pretense. We can be wise by identifying and keeping distance. Think about this. Lastly, are you a tear? Are these previous deceptive characteristics indicative of you? Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 states test yourselves to see if you are in the faith examine yourselves or do not or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail this test no God is forgiven and it's not too late to come to him at all. One can be transformed from a wheat into uh, uh, from a weed or a tear to wheat by regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty much all sums down to God. Is wonderful, you know. Going through do this whole thing with the war within the body of Christ is a humble experience. It really is. I learned a lot myself. Even I did this. I I, I researched the study so hard about this war, and, and you know, it's fine. Even though we did four parts of it. All of these parts, all of these things, the war within, is not even done. I mean, it's more to it than what we expect it to be. And the real reason why is because um, it's, it's really the truth behind of it is that the war is not done. It's not. I know it take a long time doing this whole thing, but this war that had happened is going on. It's an ongoing war within. Because you're dealing with terrorists, you're dealing with a lot of things, a lot of issues going on. The main culprit of all this is Satan. We need to recognize his decisiveness. 
how he is so deceptive he goes in and 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 plays people into the body of Christ like this we have to be extremely careful we got to realize that God has called the true believers out to do the harvest but we have to understand a couple things here with that Father God is a loving God and the things that we do and say represents that and we got to be very very careful that we don't get caught up like that at all so that's why I want to say this prayer to you that you humble yourself if you don't receive if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord Savior repeat this not just repeat this prayer just just call out Jesus says Lord Jesus I'm a I am a sinner I'm sinning against you for so many years so many ways so many hows and whys I need you right now please come into my heart change me Lord change me change me I don't want to live as a person like I was I want to be born again I want to be born again means completely change my life and I want to live with you forevermore in your holy name Amen. Like I said, this series is a very, very, very intense, very, very hard one to do. But it was a humble experience. And like I said, it's not just an experience that I'm trying to evoke. This here is exactly why we need to really uplift, edify, encourage and pray for one another in the body of Christ remember it says in the body it says it very well what Jesus said he said this if a house is divided among itself it would not stand it would not stand so if we know that this house this this the body of Christ is of Jesus it will stand but you have to be make sure you stand with it. So I want to thank you each every one of you to be part of this wonderful experience with me. Stay tuned. It's much more with all this coming from. Do you see what this really is? It's a cry for war on discernment and truth. No longer is it perceived as being correct and necessary to biblically test the spirits to see if they be of God. And no longer are we to examine by the word of God, teachings, prophecy, manifestations, or signs and wonders. No. What we are being told to do is accept it all without question for if we don't. We are an enemy. Come back next week about exposing the war within the body of Christ. The Biblical Editorial Review is copyright by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.